It's great to be with you tonight. I appreciate very much the opportunity to be here. Uh, you know, you get busy at your congregation and you don't get to get out much and see people. So on a night like tonight when I can come speak at one of the area congregations, it's always a thrill to get to see familiar faces and people that I've come to love through the years and, and get to spend time with you. My family sends their regards and uh, is just, again, very thankful to be here with you and appreciate very much the elders and, and Mark allowing me the opportunity to, to speak this week. Researchers say that the average person lies 25 times a day. That, to me, sounds like an awful lot. Uh, but you think about it. How many times does someone say when the phone rings at work and the secretary answers it or a co-worker answers it? Can I speak to Ben? Who is it? Tell me. Hey, Ben, so-and-so's calling for you. Oh, tell him I'm not here. Tell him I'm busy. Or say someone says, we want to invite you to the house. We're having a get-together, and you don't really want to go. And you, instead of trying, just, instead of just saying, I, I appreciate it, but I don't think I can make it, saying, oh, you know, I've already got plans when you don't have anything planned at all. Or a husband says, oh, honey, that, that new haircut looks just fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> maybe 25 is a lot, but if you think about it, maybe it's not out of the realm of possibility. And we may never know how many times a day that the average person really lies, but we all know that lying is an activity that many, at least, engage in on a daily basis. We've got a problem with untruths from the highest levels of government on down. How many of our presidents have been caught in lies? How many of our state officials have been caught in lies? And we know we catch people in lies from time to time. And so we know that there is a truth problem. There was a survey done about lying just a few years ago. And this sentence is in the beginning of it, but it kind of was summing up the whole idea of it. And it said this, The findings reveal a morally fractured America in which honesty is not a one-size-fits-all value, but instead is considered important in some areas of life, much less so in others. And in, in, the, in the study, and, and you know, you, you don't know who's asked these things. You don't know from where these people come. But you saw that some things you just don't lie about, but then other things, it's not that big a deal to lie about. And so, what I came away from that study and some other studies that I read is that some people believe that there are acceptable lies. And when I say some, really many people, some lies are just okay. That's not what scriptures teach. In Ephesians 4.25, there we're told by inspiration, wherefore putting away lying... Speak every man truth with his neighbor. 
Paul there told the Ephesians, he said, you put it away, you put lying away. You, every man is to speak truth to his neighbor. How many times when you've been talking with a friend and they tell something, maybe they tell you how big a fish they caught, and you say, hey, Revelation 21.8, pal, you need to keep that in mind. Why do we do that? Well, it says all liars shall have their part with in the lake of fire, which, or the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. All means all. Scripture says there are no such things as acceptable lies. I was given Acts, 8, 5, uh, Acts 5 verse 3 as my topic for tonight. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie? In that text... In that context, Ananias had sold some land along with his wife, Sapphira, and had brought part of the money that resulted from the sale of that land and laid it at the apostles' feet. God realized right away that it was not all of it. He, he was trying to lead the apostle to believe that what he was giving was all, the, the whole amount of the sale. He was trying to lie and get away with lying. Of course, that would have set a terrible precedent, and God dealt with it. Now, you and I are not going to be struck dead as we walk and talk by the power of God the way that Ananias and then Sapphira later were struck down. But whenever we lie, and I'm going to say we in the general sense, we as humans... Hopefully none of us, hopefully I'm speaking to the choir, so to say, in here, that none of us tell lies. We're completely truthful and honest in all that we do. But we're not going to be struck down, but we're hurt spiritually, and we're hurting others, the ones to whom we're telling the lies. And so what we want to do in the time that we have, what time does the bell ring? 7.15? 7.10, all right. In the time that we've got left, we want to take this verse and some points in it and then kind of look at a solution for lying at the end. First of all, when you think about this verse, notice the search. Paul, uh, Peter says, why? Why are you lying? Why, why are you telling me this lie? So the first word, at least in English, that Peter used was why? He's searching for why he was lying to God. Have you ever thought about why people lie? There's, there's a lot of different reasons, but they're kind of boiled down to some main reasons. Some lie because they believe they're going to benefit from it. I believe that was the case with Ananias. If you go to the end of chapter 4, you meet a man named Barnabas, a great man. He was given a nickname by the apostles. Son of consolation was the meaning of it. And he had sold land and brought the whole amount, laid it down at the apostles' feet, gave it to them to help with the needs of all the brethren. And it seemed like he got some notoriety. He was getting praise for it. Seems that Ananias and Sapphira wanted some praise as well. They wanted to benefit from it. They wanted to be viewed in the same light as Barnabas was being viewed. And so they told a lie in order to gain some benefit from it. You think about 
Abraham, the father of the faithful, he also had a truth-telling problem, didn't he? On at least two occasions, he lied about Sarah being his wife. He was telling a a half-truth, wasn't he? She's my sister. Well, she was a half-sister, so I guess that's half a lie. But he was doing that to benefit himself, right? And so sometimes we lie, again, we in the general sense, we lie because we believe that we're going to get some benefit from it. Maybe look good in, in the eyes of the boss or, you know, something along those lines. So we, we tell lies for that reasons. that reason. Others lie to avoid trouble. Isn't that what Peter did? I don't know. I don't, I don't know who that is. I, I didn't go with him. Why was he doing that? He's there in the garden. He just cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. He probably figured that he was going to be in trouble if they realized who he was and he had been with Jesus and he's trying to avoid trouble at all costs. And so he lies. Abraham benefited from his lie, but he was also trying to avoid trouble. Remember the reason why he told the lie? Hey, they'll, they'll kill me. You're a beautiful lady, and they may want you for themselves, and they'll kill me. So he's trying to avoid trouble. We may lie at work to avoid a conflict with a co-worker. We may lie to our spouse to cover up something we're doing. We may lie at work because we did a bad job and we're trying to, to get away from that. And we, so we lie to avoid trouble. Other people plan out their lies. Notice what Isaiah said about some people a long time ago. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, revolt conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Judgment is turned away backward. Justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street. Equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. In his day, there were people that just planned out their lies. You know, there are people who craft lies very well. They can lie, and you will never know they're that good at it. Brother Cates, one of my old instructors, he, he would say, well, he's a past master at it. They're just that good. They, they plan them out. They craft them. God condemned that in the book of Isaiah. And he does today as well. Others lie to bring harm to someone else. Remember when King Ahab was pouting because he couldn't get Naboth's vineyard? His wife comes home and sees him curled up on the bed, laying there, pouting like a little baby. She says, what? Why, why, are you, why are you pouting? They both won't sell me his vineyard. I'll take care of it. She got two men to lie. Naboth lost his life. She was lying to harm those that lied about Jesus, were they not trying to lie to harm, bring harm to him? You go to Acts chapter 6, there's Stephen, a man full of faith and, and wisdom, is, is, is 
confounding those with whom he was debating. They couldn't answer him. So what'd they do? They lied about him. Cost him his life. How many times have your one of your children lied about something that the other one, other another child didn't do? So they'll get in trouble, and not not that child. That happens. We lie sometimes to bring harm to others, and then there's others. They just, for whatever reason, they just lie out of habit. They'll tell a lie when the truth's easier. There's people like that. I don't know why. They, they just rather, they'd just rather lie, apparently. The psalmist wrote about people like that in Psalm 5. He said, There is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. He just said in them that there is no faithfulness whatsoever in their mouths. The reasons we lie, they're many, they're varied, but they usually stem from one or more of these main reasons. And, and really, if you think about it, it boils down to the fact we're trying to protect something. Sometimes we're trying to protect ourselves. We think if we lie in this instant, it's going to protect us. Or we may be, we're, we're trying to protect our interests. We want something, so we'll lie in order to get it. Or we're trying to make ourselves look good. We're trying to protect our image. We want people to think a certain way about us. You know, we get really busy when the boss comes around. We want the boss to think that we're busy. When we're really not. You know, the Lord said don't work as, as you know, with eye service. Work for the Lord. But we'll work hard when the boss comes because we want him to think we're a hard worker. Or we, we, we try to protect our, our valuables like our time or our energy. You know, we, we, we don't want to do that so we'll lie so we don't have to. Or we don't want to be with this person in, in some way so we'll lie. That invitation comes, oh, you know, I've already got plans or, you know, something like that. Sometimes we're lying to protect the feelings of others. A friend of mine, you, you, I don't know how many of you saw Don Blackwell's sermon Monday night. If you saw it, he's at Polishing the Pulpit, and he spoke about his, his situation that, and what he's learned from it. I was watching a, a DVD he had done about lying, and he talked about that aspect. We, we lie to protect others at times. And he, he, he talked about a time that he asked some friends about a sermon that he preached that morning. They'd gone out to lunch after morning worship. And he said, well, what did you think about the sermon? And his friend said, it wasn't your best introduction you've ever done. It, it, it just wasn't as good as you normally do. It, it didn't tie things together the way that you normally do. And, and that, that I, it, it just wasn't that good. But the rest was good. But you're in a, he said, man, my feelings were hurt. But then I thought, you know, my friend must love me to tell me the truth. And so when, we, when we're lying to protect somebody's feelings, we're not really helping them. We're hurting them. 
And so we lie for a, a bunch of different reasons. But that's the why. That's, that's the search. But then notice the source. Notice he said, why hath Satan filled your heart to lie? Peter stated it was Satan that was, was the source of the lie that Ananias was telling. Now, we're going to deal with this more in the next point, but we need to be very clear. Satan didn't make Ananias tell that lie. He didn't take over Ananias and, and make him tell that lie. And, and we'll notice some more about that in the next point, but we do need to make that clear as we talk about him being the source of it. Our Lord describes Satan in a conversation he was having with some Jews as basically the father of lies. He said, you're of your father, the devil. You're going to do what he does. He's the father of lies there in John eight forty four, Notice in that, he, he says some other things about Jesus. He said, you're of your father, the devil, the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. It seems that, that, that that's probably a reference to having robbed Adam and Eve of immortality. How did he do it? How did he murder them with the use of a lie, right? And so he is a murderer from the beginning, abode not in the truth. Well, how come he didn't abide in the truth? He says, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And so Satan is one of those that would rather lie than tell the truth. Well, why is that? Could you imagine if Satan came to you as he really looks? With whatever temptation he was using to get you to do what he wanted? Well, we'd, we'd reject him just quickly, right? If he told the truth about himself. But he doesn't do that. When's the last time you saw alcohol advertised with someone laying in a hospital bed, yellow is shirt right here because the liver is shot. Cirrhosis of the liver. About to die. When was the last time you saw alcohol advertised with a car wreck? Dead bodies laying on the side of the road because a drunk driver crashed into them. Who would drink if it was advertised that way? But it's not, is it? The pretty people drink. The popular people drink. The ones that can want to have a good time drink. It's a lie. Why? Because Satan's a liar. And you can put any sin that you want like that. If it was really presented to us with all the damage that it causes, with all the pain that it brings, we wouldn't involve ourselves in it. But Satan's a liar and he's a good one. There's no truth in him whatsoever. The very first time we meet Satan, what's he doing? He's telling a lie. Because that's all he is. Lies are his biggest tool. 
every sin really involves a lie at some point. Because our temptations are lies telling us that the sin that we would be committing and that we're being tempted is worth the cost that it's going to take, it's going to be to engage in it. And what's the cost? It's my soul. Your soul. That's the cost of sin. And so we're saying, or, or that temptation is telling us, hey, I'm worth the price. And that's a lie. There is nothing worth the price of our souls. Nothing. And so he uses that as his biggest tool. And of course that stands in contrast to our Heavenly Father. He only wants best for us. He's described as a God that cannot lie. Titus 1 verse 2. He just can't do it. James says there's neither shadow nor variableness of turning. What does that mean? It means there's no darkness in him at all. God can't lie. He can't sin. He can't do any of those things. Our God is a God of truth. He wants us to stand in the truth wherever it may lead. If we're ostracized, if we're not included, if, if we're not, you know, getting the promotions, if, if whatever it is, that's where he wants us to be if it means telling the truth. Satan lies to protect his image. And of course that makes us makes him and it makes us when we lie totally unlike God. In fact, the Proverbs writer tell us, tells us that God hates lying. He hates it. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue. And then later on he says, a false witness that tells lies. Two of the things that he hates the most involve this sin. You know, if God hates it, it must be pretty serious. But then thirdly, we've noticed the search, why we lie. The source is Satan, but notice the seed of the lie. Why has Satan filled your heart? First and foremost, above all, lying is a heart problem. It's a heart problem. You know, when you're young, it seems that lying is the best way to deal with, with something negative, isn't it? You know, you're a kid and, and you do something wrong. You know, you break mom's vase and you lie. The dog knocked it over. We just think that, that that's a way to do it. And hopefully we grow up, we, we become, we understand the, the trust factor and how important trust is. And, and we're not so naive anymore. And, but sadly, some of us don't grow out of that. And we even change the level of our lives to cover up more and more. But when we're willing to lie, we're showing that our hearts are not right with God. That phrase, why has Satan filled your heart? That literally means to take control of. And so he's saying, how did you let Satan take control of your heart to get you to lie? And how do I know that he... Gave control up. Well, notice verse 4. 
Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Now notice, why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Who conceived it? He said, you conceived it, Ananias. We just said Satan filled his heart. Satan gained control of his heart. How? He didn't just take it over. He didn't take away his free will. Ananias let him have control. One of two beings has control of your heart tonight, my heart and your heart. Either Satan or God. It's one or the other. Either we're allowing Satan to fill our heart with things, we're giving control of it to him, and we're going to lie tonight, or we're going to lie sometime, or commit some other sin, or we're living for God, doing his will. And he's filled our heart. It's one or the other. But notice, he said, why has Satan filled your heart? Why did you conceive this in your heart? He ceded control of his heart to Satan. Satan didn't take it over. And, and so we need to be clear about that. Earlier we noticed Isaiah fifty-nine thirteen. He said, In transgressing, lying against the Lord, departing away from our God. Notice, conceiving and uttering. Notice, from the heart. Words of falsehood. Jesus was questioned by Peter. On one occasion, he, he talked to, about the, to the Pharisees and condemned them. And Peter came and asked him, it was about washing hands before you eat. And our Lord revealed a great spiritual truth. He said, what goes in your mouth doesn't make you spiritually unclean. Eating with unwashed hands doesn't make you spiritually unclean. It makes you a little dirty but it doesn't make you spiritually unclean. Well, where does it come from then? There in Mark chapter 7, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, notice, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. Lying's a heart problem. We sing the song, Is Thy Heart Right with God? If we're telling lies, if we engage in that, our heart's not right with God. It can't be. Because lying is totally against the nature of God. And that is a, an excellent question. Is, is my heart right with God? And the only way to answer that is to do some self-examination. And from time to time, we need to do that. We need to be self-aware. If we have a lying problem, our hearts aren't right with God. Well, what's the solution? First of all, love for God. If we love God, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We're going to realize we can't engage in, in, in lying whether it's a little white lie or a big one. And by the way, all liars, there's no such thing as little ones and big ones, except maybe in the amount of words you have to say to say it. 
But if we truly love God, we're going to want to be like Him. Titus was told by Paul that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And he says, teaching us that we should live soberly, righteously, and then what? Godly in this present world. We have a duty to be godly. Our God's a God of truth. We've got to love Him in order to be like Him. Then we've got to be willing to to say the truth no matter what. You don't want to go be with somebody and say, Hey, look, I, I, I I don't really want to go. Thank you for the invitation. They may not like it, but you didn't lie. Honey, that color doesn't look as good on you as you want it to, but I think this color does. You didn't lie to her. You helped her out. And I'm sure there's little things that wives do to, you know, to us husbands, and we're, it just goes over our head most of the time probably. We're not smart enough to realize it. But tell the truth. Love the truth. Wherever it may lead us. And there's something we've got to understand. It's difficult to do that because often the greatest lies that we tell are the ones that we tell ourselves. Self-deception is the worst kind of deception. Again, in Ephesians 4, he says, put away lying. That idea of that is you renounce it. We're not going to do it again. There's repentance involved. That word comes from a word that means to put off of oneself. If you've lived in Alabama very long, you've been outside and you've sweated at some point. And you've probably sweated enough that afterwards you could smell yourself. And what do you want to do when you get that sweaty? You want to put off those clothes and take a bath, right? That's what we've got to do with lying. Got to put it off, bathe in the blood of Christ through repentance, and live right. I want to close. It's 17. I want to close. I found this sentence, and I I, I thought it was amazing. It's an article about lying that a good brother wrote. He said, a dedication to honesty motivates us to strive to become all the good things lying helps us pretend we already are. If we're going to be honest and we're dedicated to it, that means we're going to work to become the things that we are telling people we are when we're really not. Instead of lying, let's just do the hard work of getting better. And we'll see a difference in our lives. Thank you very much.